Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about penalty kicks and revenge games. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, and I am Rachel, your baseball guru, and uh, I'm driving the bus this week, Woo-hoo. so I'm going to try to keep us... Uh, Keep us focused. Keep us going. We'll see how this works. Best uh, of luck, that has friend. Our, <laughs> that has been our goal before, and we have not reached it. So uh, I am also joined in uh, the blue room by... Hi, this is Rebecca. I am the president of hockey operations of this podcast. Hell yeah, you are. Oh, nice. She got a promotion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I promoted myself. That's, I mean, that's, that's uh, how, we do how it, it works, here. right? I mean, right? <laughs> Pretty sure that's how a lot of people get their titles, to be honest. I'm also joined by... Uh, I'm Nancy, I think, probably, most days. It's that week between Christmas Usually. and New Year's. I don't, you know, what do your, I know about your, anything? Your Zoom label does say that you're Nancy, so let's go with it. Does it? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. helpful. Okay. Nancy. You clearly Schaefer. couldn't be anyone else. Well, depends on the scenario. Anyway. All right. <laughs> and we have uh, wrapped up one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we we did the World Cup. That was a whole thing. We talked about it a little bit last time on our, on our episode. And it's done now. It is over. Uh, all of the teams have finished doing their things and are, I don't know, presumably home. I saw Morocco got a great big old parade. I was very happy for them. There were uh, buses and must have been confetti cannons because there was a lot of confetti in the air. And oh, we had all the confetti. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But did you see Argentina? Because the players had to be helicoptered out of their parade. <laughs> no, but that checks out. That fully checks wow. out. Yes. Like, it was like I, pictures from Obama's so, inauguration. Spoiler alert, Argentina there. won the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah. That sounds about right for Latin America fans. Um, yeah, so the... I think the last time we talked, it was down to the final four. Um, so Morocco and Croatia and uh, Argentina and France went through. And uh, Argentina and France were in the final. They were the ones playing for each other and uh, playing against each other. It was very early Pacific time. I believe coverage started at six and the game started at seven. Uh, and, so Rachel was asleep. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it was on a Sunday. Uh, which was a problem Rachel for me. Rachel was extra asleep. <laughs> I was up because it's time to get ready for church. Um, and I said to my to my partner, I said, you know, this is, if they start the game at seven, like, you know, we, we usually, our church doesn't start to 11. It's very civilized that way. <laughs> but we have to be there at <laughs> So you're not choir. Catholic? No, I am not Catholic. That is true. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, knew, you, I knew you weren't Catholic, but... <laughs> Starting no shade against the Catholics, but like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, so we, we, church starts at 11. We got to get there at 10 for choir. We go out for breakfast before church. It's like our little thing. We, you know, go, it's a nice way to get yourself motivated to get up and get out of the house is to go have breakfast. Um, so we, we go to our favorite restaurant every Sunday and the ladies know us and start making our order before we even get inside when they That's see us so coming cute. through. Tighten it up, Nancy. Come on. Hey. I gotta keep this telling a story here. What are you? <laughs> Don't hassle me. Um, so our normal order at the restaurant. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to hear about your breakfast burrito. You sport, can since we've sport, already sport, covered sport, it. Sport. Nancy, you can blog about it. 
okay, so I was like, this is fine. We have to leave the house by like 8.39. Soccer game is like 90 minutes. Hopefully they'll be done. We can get out. No, no. <laughs> it was not done, Mm-mm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm-mm. So uh, it started off and it looked, uh, Argentina scored two goals in the first half. And I was like, well, fuck. Because I was rooting for France, for the record. Uh, nothing against Argentina, but I just, I'm a, I'm a French sports fan in many contexts. And I like Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe is fucking impressive. So, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, France apparently had some illness among the team, uh, and that was a problem for them. They'd had several people who were sick. They were they were still potentially recovering from being sick. Uh, they looked kind of slow, uh, struggling a little bit. So uh, Argentina got up, and then uh, France managed to get two goals in the second half. I believe one of them was like even in the uh, the stoppage time, in the end of the in second the extra half. Yeah. Wow. So at that point, we were like, well, shit, I guess we will uh, listen to this in the car. (laughs) And so I brought my iPad and put it on and turned the volume all the way up and (laughs) listened in the car to the overtime. And nobody scored and nobody scored and nobody scored. And we, you know, got to church and. uh, And then you sat in the car for a little bit. And we sat in the car for a little bit and. it got to the point where we had to go in and it was still like six minutes left in overtime or something. It was like, well, okay, I'm just going to silence all the notifications of everything (laughs) on my phone. And then we did church. And then then after everything had cleared out, we went and and we sat in the sanctuary and put it back on. (laughs) And nobody spoiled it for you. Nobody like shouted out. No. Olay! No, nobody. We are the only sports fan in our church. I am ninety percent sure. Yeah, yeah, I can confirm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so everybody was very nice. They were like, "Oh, the soccer game. Oh, that's today. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's uh-huh. cute." <laughs> yeah. So we went and watched it, uh, and it went to penalty kicks. Which, like, I was thinking about this, right? And I always, uh, y'all have heard my my goalies are the worst possible position to play rant mm-hmm. before, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like. either none of the pressure is on you or all of the pressure is on you like there's no middle ground right like and to imagine being at the pinnacle game of your sport and now it's going to be decided by what goes in your net like no thank you i Mm -hmm. would lie down on the ground and dissociate like Mm -hmm. no so that's where it was um and argentina it does seem like they should go to like keep going at least have a sudden death goal like well, whoever scores the next goal what i always yeah, found interesting is that in in soccer they don't do sudden death at least not in the world cup like no they in, don't do it all as far yeah, as i know in in hockey in the playoffs like in regular right. season they go to a, a go to a shootout but in the playoffs there's no shootouts you just play until that game is until somebody scores but it's sudden death but with soccer it's giving everybody the equal time, so there's no sudden death. Mm-hmm. But I kind I mean, of, I, I kind of agree. Like settling things on a penalty shot or penalty kicks, whatever yeah. it's called in the sport. Yeah, that's rough. It is rough. I think it's really rough. And it was, uh, yeah. So uh, France got one ball in, which was Kylian Mbappe, who I believe scored all three of their goals. Um, <laughs> And then just, right. just him versus Argentina. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then uh, Argentina then won 
Um, and so, you know, Messi was one of the big stories of Argentina. Lionel Messi is, um, he's either 36 or 37. He's an old dude in sports, mm-hmm. younger than we all are, but an old dude in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and had never won the World Cup. And so it was a very big storyline of like, will Messi, you know, get this crowning achievement and blah, 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 blah. Well, blah. And, and he'd said many times that this was his last World Cup. So right, it, it right, was because it only those, happens like, every four years, exactly. and so he'd be in his forties if he went to another one. And if a forty-year-old man walked on the World Cup field, he would just crumble into ash, dissolve into dust. Yes, really, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. it'd be like the snap. Um, so, uh, so I was happy for him. You know, it's one of those things where it's like I, I get that. You know, it's it's very nice for somebody who's had such a career to get that. You know, it's like any hockey player finally getting the Stanley Cup or any basketball player finally getting the Larry O'Brien you know like that's good for them I understand it but yeah and Kylian Mbappe is like 22 or something like 24 24 oh excuse me yeah that's fine I just looked it up he just turned 24 (laughs) last week oh okay so he was 23 (laughs) at the time yeah but I saw some really good memes of him in the press conferences where it's like him with his chin in his hand looking into the far distance while his teammates talk to the press and it was like captioned like when you do all the work on the group project (laughs) 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 yeah which is not really fair because the french team did do a good job overall but but also he's just kind of on a level all of his own so yeah so that was that was the World Cup. I thought it was absolute. I think it was only the second World Cup ever to be decided by penalty kicks, if I recall correctly. And wow. the last time it was in the oh, like really? 50s or 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, I mean, it was I was thinking about this, too. Like, is it if you're the team that loses based on penalty kicks? Like, does it feel good that you fought that like? that's like the closest margin between first and second that you can possibly have. I don't think so. Or does think, it just yeah, feel Yeah, I think it feels miserable. worse. I think it's just, I think it's you were miserable so close. no matter how you slice it. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Also, I feel like if I were the losing goalie, I would just change my name and start another career. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, how do yeah, you... Yeah, like, it's never the... Well, it's not never, but it's like in penalty, penalty kick situations in soccer, like the the amount of just pure chance that goes into it is in is insane you know there's the the amount of time that the goalie has to react to something is Mm -hmm. genuinely yep non-existent so they they virtually have to make a decision about which way they're going to go before the kick even happens yeah, they do actually but, often make the decision before yeah. the kick. You'll see them yeah. dive and then the kick will happen. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, it does make for an exciting end oh, to a game. Absolutely. You know, the baseball games, zero to zero baseball games, or, you know, ties yeah. that go into like the 18th inning, and you're like, okay, somebody just has to do something. Or I'm going to jump off a building. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, maybe, I don't know. I think I'm talking myself into the idea <laughs> yeah. of penalty kicks. Well, let me it does it does mean the game isn't going to go on forever. Yeah, like, that was, part I think is good. There was a, uh, um, I want to say it was the Tampa Bay Lightning and the um, Columbus Blue Jackets in the playoffs oh, last year, like the year before. Nine it, overtimes. It went into like three overtimes, and that was just mm-hmm. absurd. I mean, <laughs> I was fine with it because I hate both of those teams. So, like, wear yourselves <laughs> out, my friends. But, <laughs> but well, at but a certain a big... point, like, all right, let's just. 
Let's just that's keep going. That's a big piece of it, right? Like, that's the problem. And especially for soccer players, because they are literally just running mm-hmm. the entire game, mm-hmm. right? Like, the average yeah. soccer player, I think, runs, like, you know, nine or ten miles during a game, right? But like, it is also the last game of the series. So it's well, not it like yeah. if like, they get tired, they can't play the next day, because they're not playing the next day. No, but I, you I could go. I could go injury either way. Is the thing yeah. that I think is the real concern that I've heard yeah. cited, is that you hit a certain point and, like you're at risk for injury and yeah. you're at risk for like, you know, cause they don't have infinite substitutions either. So it's not like you can just swap people in and keep like, right. it's these right. same guys. Yeah. And it makes it less likely anybody's going to successfully do anything because they're all just like dying on the field. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, the illness. I do know that mm. the flu was going around pretty bad during the yep. whole world cup. So there are other it teams was. that had the, it as well. The flu or the, flu no, unclear I, I think it was actually the flu the, the okay. things that i saw wouldn't name it they would just mm. say an an illness well so either way uh, if you couldn't hear it i have had yeah. scare quotes around the word flu because we're not calling it COVID anymore right it's just <laughs> the flu um the flu. but i do think i haven't seen anybody do this i think it would be interesting to see like look at which teams got the flu when and then how they mm-hmm. performed <laughs> Whether, no, it's, totally. whether it's lowercase flu or uppercase flu and yeah. italics and quotated, quotated flu or regular flu. I think it would be interesting to see that because I wonder, I, I have to imagine it affected the play significantly. I think it did. And oh, I mean, absolutely. having watched France through the mm-hmm. you know final several rounds, they looked like a different team. Mm-hmm. Like they really, the pa- the last two, maybe even three games they played, like, they looked they tired. Looked tired. <clears throat> they looked, you know, which like could just be they'd played a lot of games in the World Cup. But mm-hmm. like, also, I did. You know, it really did make me wonder, like, how many of these guys are just like in this by the skin of their teeth, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that may very well have had an impact, um, which has also got to be oh, super man. fucking frustrating as a player for real. Yeah. Also, cold and flu when it's really hot outside. Oh yeah. There's just a specific way that sucks, yeah. you know? Well, I'm also like, I think about the last time I had the flu and like how much I just didn't move. I yep. just like stayed in <laughs> yep. my bed, like covers up to my neck. It hurt to like reach for the ginger ale. I mm-hmm. cannot imagine <laughs> running for nine miles and like, hitting people and heading balls to like you hitting balls fair, though. Yeah. Like, these you guys know that... have like the best medical care possible sure. like you're getting doped up on stuff that sure. you and i cannot buy over the counter when yes the flu. <laughs> but like think about the amount of like headachiness and bloated no, totally. brain you have during yeah. that and then think about heading a soccer ball yeah no totally yeah it sounds stab terrible. me yeah horrible plan terrible yeah. So Argentina won. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> good job, Messi. Yay. Uh, France, I'm excited for you to come back and beat everybody next year. Or oh, next weren't time. there? I don't know if you've read anything about it, but I heard that like there was some serious uh, racism directed at the the French oh, players after the there loss. Because there are a lot that are. Yeah. So color. this is one of the things that I. So this is one of the things that I find f- particularly fascinating about the France-Morocco game is that Morocco, of course, is a former French colony, also a former Spanish colony, also a former Portuguese colony, and they did play all of those uh, (laughs) teams in the game, which was entertaining. Um, 
but you even have some players on the Moroccan team who live in France, Mm -hmm. but play for the Moroccan national team because their parents are from Morocco. Mm -hmm. And then you have this French team, which part of the reason that I, I root for them is like, you know, there's like the English team that's just like mostly white, but the French team is, if not majority people of color, very near and I think it may actually be majority folks of color because of French colonization and so they have all of these players and I find it so fascinating to see the French team which is very unique among European teams that way go out and play against all of these other little lily white teams and it's this tension right like it's it's the tension of these these kids who are first second third generation immigrants playing for this colonizer power, beating these other countries, which were also colonizing powers, but have, you know, and of course, I don't I minored in French in university. So I did a lot of reading about like French immigration tensions and stuff like this. And like in modern French society, and like, it's a lot, it's a big thing for them in very different ways than the US, but it's still like a big deal. Um, and so I just find the whole thing fascinating as part of why I, I tend to root for um, the the French team. But then, yeah, you get, especially their reception back home can get real dicey and by other teams can get real dicey because mm, of yeah. racism. All right. Well, that just about wraps up our World Cup discussion. Uh, so next, I think Rebecca was going to tell us about a unique experience she had recently. Yeah. So... Um... The reason that I didn't watch most of the World Cup final is because our football correspondent and I, Brittany, drove down to Raleigh, North Carolina for a Hurricanes uh, Stars game. Uh, You know, one of our goals is to see all of the teams, uh, excuse me, all of the arenas in the league. And so we're trying to... I love that. Yeah, it's pretty fun. We're trying to knock out as many as we can. And like... There's nothing else near Raleigh, so it's not really one that we can no, build in. There's not. Yeah, it's not really one that we could build into another <laughs> trip. But also, because all East Coast cities are relatively close to each other, it was only about a four-hour drive from DC, mm-hmm. so very easy to do for an overnight. So we drove down on down on Saturday, got to our hotel, and as we're checking into our hotel, over on the right at the front desk is one of those like bellhop carts with the the you know mm. domed mm-hmm. domed roof yeah, yeah. it's stacked all the way to the top with cardboard boxes and then huge black bags and mm-hmm. the black bags have the logo of the Pittsburgh Penguins mm. so apparently we have chosen to stay what is it with you know, and hotels know, right? and hockey teams I know right, right? yep so apparently we've chosen to stay at the hotel that the Pittsburgh Penguins are staying at. They're playing the the Carolina Hurricanes the next night. We did learn later that this was also the, the hotel that the Stars were staying at, but they checked out before the game because they were Aww. leaving immediately afterwards. No, it's fine. It's Bummer. fine. <laughs> <clears throat> so if we weren't sure enough that the Penguins were staying at this hotel, we get into the elevator, we go up to our floor, and I, the elevator doors open, and there is Brian Burke, who is a very <laughs> recognizable man in hockey world. He is also currently the president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins, thus further confirming 
the team is staying in this hotel. <laughs> Doors in open. Case you weren't I know, sure. right. Well, it's not just a bunch of people with matched Pittsburgh right. luggage. I, I mean, and it could be because people yeah. buy that stuff all the time. Fans are weird. Yeah. yeah. Excuse I say, me. As a fan, fans are weird. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go too hard against fans who do stuff. <laughs> it's an observation, <laughs> not a criticism. <laughs> so doors open, Brian Burke, our conversation immediately stops. We all make eye contact, Brittany and I leave the elevator, he gets in and then the doors close and we just start giggling. Anyway, <laughs> we go to the game and um, Carolina was, they're having an, a tremendous season. Um, mm. The fans were delightful. We happened to be sitting in a section that had a lot of stars fans, which was surprising, but also very cool. Um, but the the Carolina Hurricanes fans were also like very nice, which is not something you can say about all arenas, Philadelphia and Edmonton. <laughs> nope. Um, <clears throat> so then after the game, we go to the hotel bar and I cannot tell you how underrated hotel bars are. Like this is this is really yes. This is like okay. a Marriott in Raleigh, North Carolina. Like it's not an exciting mm-hmm. bar, but like hotel bartenders have seen some shit, right? That's probably yeah. true. And yeah. then like, you know, you get tons of out of towners sitting at the bar because what are you gonna do in Raleigh on a Saturday night when the mm-hmm. hockey game is over, right? Yeah, Sorry sure. to our listener in Raleigh. Uh, <laughs> um, well, the funny thing is, it's a lot more cosmopolitan than most of the state. So well, fair. <laughs> fair. So we sit down at the bar and there are two other gentlemen sitting at the end of the bar. And Brittany and I are having a drink and talking and they're talking to the bartender. And we're talking to the bartender. And then one of the guys over there asks to turn on the football game because that was the Mm. night that Buffalo was playing Miami in Buffalo in a blizzard. So we all just kind of wanted to see what shenanigans were happening in that game. Yeah. And legit. Yeah. And for whatever reason that ended up being the icebreaker. We asked them if they were here for the game, just like we were. And they said, no, we're here for the game tomorrow night. Oh, are you Mm. fans of whatever, whatever? No, I'm a hockey writer and I write for the Penguins. Like not not for the Penguins organization, write about the Penguins. About the Penguins. Yes. Yes. And I did some little quick like covert Googling on my phone, like Penguins (laughs) beat writers to Uh see if I could uh figure out who they were. And I did. I'm intentionally withholding the name of the the uh, mm-hmm. individual and the outlet they write for. But we then mm-hmm. ended up spending the next like hour and a half talking with these guys about mostly hockey, but other sports. We talked about players. They talked about like how X player is super duper nice, which was always good to hear. Nicholas Backstrom remains my perfect angel <laughs> oh, who has never done anything wrong. Oh, I'm wrong. so happy for you. I know, me too. I'm, oh, that's good. When, he's, when, when the, the writer said his name, I was I clenched up for a second. And then he was like, <laughs> super nice guy, class act. And I was like, yes! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief. It genuinely was. Because you know how these things yeah, no. are. It, yeah, 100%. it always seems to go the other way. Like, yes. if you hear their name mentioned, you're like, oh boy. Yes, well, and you just never know if all you have access to is somebody's public personality. Right. You don't right. know, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and and with hockey, I think I've talked about this before. Like they get media trained basically in the womb. Oh, sure. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. they all look like robots in front of the cameras. They do. Although, yeah, 
this is a topic for another time. I do think they're actually getting better. There are a number of players who like are actually showing that they have a personality in media interviews and stuff like this. It's so um, funny because it's so different from the NBA. It's so different. <laughs> it really is. And from the NFL. Um, mm. So we ended up talking to this guy and, and his companion, who was also a writer for a different um, organization, for an hour and a half. And, you know, we're talking about stats and we're talking about players and we're talking about the arenas that we've been to. And I have to tell you, like... I recognize this as a brag, but it was also very validating. At one point, he looked at us and he goes, you really know your stuff. Oh, and that's I was so like, nice. Yes. yes, we do. Thank yes, you for noticing. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, then, and then at the end of the night, he goes, you know, I'd really love to see you in Pittsburgh. So when you, when you, whenever you want to come for a game, message me and I'll get you guys tickets. That's so nice. Yeah. That's and really so, sweet. So he found me on Twitter and I found him and he DM'd me so he would have it like mm-hmm. in his DMs to know who I was. Uh-huh. Right. And it was just like absolutely did not have to do that. And of course, like he might not get us the tickets and that would be fine. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But the thought was there and, yeah. and was expressed. And, if, and, like, and yeah. even if he had never said that, I wouldn't have like thought less of him for not offering that up it was just a really cool it was a really cool thing and then i also got to trot it out with my family over christmas because my cousin (laughs) oh my cousin is challenging he knows Uh he knows everything (laughs) about everyone in every family he knows Uh all of the things and so at one point he is talking to me about hockey and explaining things to me about hockey and i'm like can you just, oh, no. can you, in my head, I'm like, can you just like stick to your football? I know you love football. Stick to football <laughs> and let me have hockey. We Stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your to. lane. So I told this story to my family and I looked directly <laughs> into my cousin's face when I was like, and this, this, you know, very well respected hockey writer said, you really know your stuff. And, you know, we weren't, we weren't together for very long after that point. It was probably a no, a no, only another, like, 15 or 16 hours. But he didn't bring mm-hmm. up hockey anymore after that. So, like, That's fingers crossed that the mansplaining will end. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely yeah. done. But it was, An unexpected bonus. Yes, yeah. yes. But it was just, you know, it was just cool. So, I, you know, my for folks who haven't listened to old episodes, which is fine, uh, we had an uh, experience, I want to say in March of 2019, where Brittany and I were at another hotel bar in New mm-hmm. York City, and we ended up watching the Super Bowl with the, a whole bunch of the Dallas Stars. So we have a good track record for truly randomly <laughs> picking the the hotels that the players are at and then just running into really cool people. So that's part of why I cannot uh, recommend hotel bars enough. Like, <laughs> just a cool place to go. You're going to end up you meeting someone. You never know someone. who you're going to meet. Exactly. Exactly. That's and then so the, the next morning, the alarm clock in our room went off at 545 because the sadist Ew. who was in there before us didn't turn it off. Oh. Yeah. And, That's uh, a thing that uh, when I used to clean hotels. I was going to say, is that a housekeeping thing? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand who uses an alarm clock in 2022. Isn't that what your phone is for? Also a good question. Yeah. Well, some people need backups. Fair. That's true. Fair. So then we got up early the next morning and drove home and listened to the first half of the game in the car. (laughs) 
the yeah. first half of the, the World Cup game in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a fun, it was a fun little 24 hours, met some cool people, so nice. had some good conversations. And uh, How was the game? Stars lost, but they played okay. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like a shellacking. That's yeah. good. We'll take yeah. it. And it was just generally a pleasant experience, even though they lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you take your trip to Pittsburgh, we'll see who you meet in the hotel lobby there. <laughs> I just hope it's not any of the penguins. Like, honestly, that was the hardest part for me. Because I was like, uh-huh. I fucking hate the penguins. And I mean, I told him. I told, <laughs> but you seem very nice. No, and I told him that. I was like, I, I grew up a Flyers fan. I am currently a Capitals fan. I hate your team. And he's like, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's familiar, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that was just a cool thing that happened to me this month. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. That is fun. Well... I don't know if this is a fun transition, but it is good news. Uh, very good news indeed. Uh, Nancy, would you like to tell us uh, the latest with Brittany Griner? Good news, everybody. Um, yeah, so Brittany Griner, who uh, we were talking about this and realizing that maybe we need to provide a little more context about who Brittany Griner is because I, I take it for granted that everybody knows who Brittany Griner is. If you have interacted with the WNBA at all, you know who Brittany Griner is. But if you have not, you might not. Uh, she is one of the best players in the WNBA, has been for many years at this point. Extremely well-known, extremely well-regarded as well. Um, A two-time Olympic gold medalist, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of, won lots of awards. Um, beloved by her team. Uh, beloved by her wife, you know, just like really, uh, you know, well-regarded, extremely talented player in the WNBA, um, who has been uh, held in Russia for, I believe it was a total of nine months, uh, is now free. Yay! Um, Yay. Yay. Like, she's back in the US, she's back with her family. So unequivocally, like, yes. yeah. genuinely relieving. So part of the, I mean, part of this gets back to the problem with women's sports and them not getting paid enough, because the reason Brittany Griner was in Russia in the first place is that she plays for, I believe it's uh, the Ekaterinburg Russian team every offseason to make more money, as most of the WNBA players do, because the WNBA is not able to pay them enough to, you know, keep them on a regular salary. Mm-hmm. So Russia has several uh, large, well-paying uh, women's basketball teams, and Brittany has played for, for the Ekaterinburg team for a while, I believe. 2014 um, to 2022. Yeah, so a good couple of years there. Um, and she was arrested and held uh, in, indefinitely. I, th- I think near the end of it, she was finally sentenced to, I want to say, eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, for having, I believe, a vape cartridge that had remnants of hashish oil in it, and thus was convicted of drug smuggling. Yes. So, and like, that was that was. We should clarify that that was um, medicinal cannabis in a state where medicinal cannabis is legal. It just is not legal yes. in Russia. Right. Exactly. But because she went with it in her bag, yeah. then convicted of drug smuggling, and. Uh, so there had been, it's something we had talked about last spring. It's something we've talked about recently. Um, initially, it was kept very quiet because it was hoped that 
that there could be, you know, sort of quick, quiet negotiations to bring her home without a lot of media exposure, then Russia wouldn't lose as much face about it. And then eventually that was clearly not working. And so then it became a big deal to like try and talk about it, right? Try and raise more awareness that Britain was being kept. Um, And there was a lot of of political pressure, uh, but it's all complicated because of course, Britney is black and lesbian. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, not to put too fine a point on it, the folks who might normally agitate for U.S. citizens. U.S. athletes. Right, abroad to be released quickly and uh, unscathed. Maybe they weren't quite as motivated in her case. So that's been a a layer of this. Well, Um, And the other layer is Putin doesn't believe that mm -hmm. gay people exist in Russia. Like, it's very much illegal in Russia. And so it's not just a quote-unquote problem that the U.S. is bigoted about Right. <laughs> Black gay He's people. Bigoted and then there's bigoted. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess one of the turning points was that it was clear that she she was going to be moved to a much more severe holding place. Um, a gulag. Than, <laughs> a gulag. I mean, yeah, a gulag. Uh, I mean, she's already like seven feet tall, black and, and lesbian. Like, can you imagine trying to... to yeah, one thing they were saying, in, and I just, I hadn't even thought about this, but like the bed might not be yeah, no, big totally. enough for her. Oh, no, absolutely. Like nothing would fit. The, like. There was a picture of her bed in the prison. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I'm five foot five and it would have fit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And if you just, I don't know, just that struck me for some reason, like how miserable it is to have to sleep mm-hmm. in a space that's too small for mm-hmm. you. And, mm-hmm. you know, every night everything for... else. Yeah. Significantly yeah. too small for you. Yeah. So there was a really good write up about this that I read in uh, Power Plays, which is by Lindsay Gibbs. And I would recommend that to folks. But just to to paraphrase, um, Biden did a lot of, Biden's team did a lot of work, got her free. Um, She, you know, they announced it when she was on a plane coming back. Uh, They did a prisoner exchange for a, a Russian national who, you know, is a weapons trader. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but one of the main sticking points that I, that I know was, was coming up was that there's another American held in Russia currently, a, a former Marine, uh, Paul Wheeler. And there was a lot of chatter about like, well, a, why are, why are we releasing her instead of him? He's been there longer. He's potentially in in more danger because he's being held on, I believe, con- uh, what's the word for spying? Uh, espionage. Thank you. Espionage uh, charges. Well, and also um, he's, he's a, a white man Marine. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm just saying yep. that the people were saying mm-hmm. that, that he was potentially more deserving to be released because of all of those things. Um, but Biden made it very clear. First of all, they couldn't get them both. It was just not, Russia was not putting that on the table and also that, you know, the Brittany was going to go down a, a worse path real quick. Um, and that she was the one who was offered and they found it really important to get her back. Um, so they did. But I, I do think it is really important to highlight the point you just made that that Marine, he was never on the table. Like some yeah. American yeah. news media picked up on his yes. name 
But, like, mm-hmm. Russia was never going to consider swapping Mm-mm. him for a uh, bout or whatever his, his name is. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like... Victor Bout. Yeah. yeah. So, he... Yeah, it was just not an option. No. It was Brittany or nobody. Right. Yeah. So, they, they released Brittany. Yeah. And, and good for them. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things that I think is really interesting is that Brittany Griner's wife, whose name is Sherelle, um, did a lot, you know, was in very many ways the public face of this, which, you know, stands to reason, but also like, gosh, I can't even imagine having to do that. Um, and, you know, got photographed at the White House, shaking hands with President Biden and and all of this stuff, right? Um, and she and Brittany, she issued a statement and, and she and Brittany have issued a statement. And one of the things that they mention in those statements is how committed they are now to bringing home other Americans detained abroad, which I thought was so interesting that, like, they seem now to make this very much their cause. And I just thought it was really interesting because it's on the one hand, it's one of those things where, like, duh, you know, mm-hmm. like you just experienced this thing. Of course, you're going to, like, make this your passion project. But, like... On the other hand, it feels so different from what most athletes pick as like their quote unquote cause, right? Like Mm -hmm. you end up with athletes who are like pro kids education or like athletes who are like, you know, Steph Curry and Aisha Curry, like they have their whole, you know, feeding kids in the Bay Area, which is amazing, like good for them. And then you get, you know, people who are, you know, raising money for cancer awareness or like all of these causes, right? I just feel like it's such an interesting and unusual one to be like Americans detained unjustly in foreign countries, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I just thought that was well, one of the things that I, an interesting aspect. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I read was that they were working with um, an organization called Bring Our Families Home, which is a campaign yep. mm-hmm. to release American hostages wrongfully imprisoned. And so mm-hmm. I suspect, I mean, of course, it's influenced by the fact that Britney was detained abroad. But I suspect sure. it's also a way of, you know, paying it forward to that organization and supporting an organization yeah. that does this kind of work. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Brittany is home now. She, as far as I know, has checked out medically. Um, she declared that she does want to play uh, this coming season in the uh, WNBA. Um, so she's planning to to be on board with the Phoenix for that. Uh, when does that start? Marchish, April, something like that. Um, might even be slightly later than that, but I think that's when when training starts. Uh, May. So, is the official kickoff mm-hmm. or tip off? Yeah. Um, I think they usually start reporting and doing training in in March and April. But yeah, so that's. I mean, it's. I. There, it was one of those things where, of course, it was in negotiation, so there was no indication that it was going to happen until it happened. Yeah, because um, that's how these things work. Which but is which really... is fine, right? Of course, like of course, we given what the media does with everything, we don't need oh, yeah. to be privy to the details no. of this kind of thing. Hundred percent. I know that's yeah. not what you were advocating. I'm sure hurt the yeah hurt the process yeah. for a lot oh, of these absolutely. details to be public. But it was just such a it was such a nice thing mm-hmm. to sort of like wake up and see the news of like yes. Brittany Griner is literally on literally a plane on home her way right home. now. Yeah. 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 That was so huge. that was really Yeah. Yeah. And and I know uh, another thing that I thought was really nice and I've talked about similar things previously. I've really I feel like I've been seeing more and more support from the men of the NBA, not just the NBA organization itself, but the men of the NBA 
supporting the WNBA. And one of the things that was going on was uh, the WNBA, you know, everybody would show up to games wearing T-shirts that had Brittany Griner's number on them and like Brittany Griner's name and stuff like that. And the men were doing it, too. And I just thought that was such a nice you know, yeah. gesture of solidarity yeah. where you'd see guys, the guys showing up to their games wearing Brittany Griner jerseys. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, and apparently the first thing she did when she got home, you know, got checked out by the meds or whatever, she went to a basketball court and did a dunk, which she's one of the few women who does <laughs> mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, you know, I, nice. I wonder, like, again, this is probably another topic for another podcast and probably not our podcast, but. You know, the mm. the more I uh, progress down an anti-racism journey, the more I learn Ooh. about how the difference in community between, generally speaking, black people and white people. And there's like, mm-hmm. there's much more yes. community, like actual community in the black community. And I suspect yes. that's a little bit of what we're seeing in action with the predominantly black league of the NBA mm-hmm. in supporting the WNBA. Like you're never going to yeah, see that yeah. in hockey because hockey is so white. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're, they're never going to happen. But, you know, yeah. I, I wonder how much of it uh, is due to that, which is a great thing. Love seeing that I, support. I think that's a, I think that's definitely a piece of it. I also think there's a generational aspect mm. to it where like, the you know the younger guys in the NBA now like the WNBA has been a thing their entire lives. That's true. You know? Like they have grown up, if not seeing the women's games on TV in the same way that you would see the men's mm-hmm. games, they've at least been aware of mm-hmm. it. You know they they and they've grown up in a culture where it's not weird to think of women as pro athletes in the same way that it was even for us. You know. Yeah. So I think there's an element, too, of that where some of the younger guys especially are just like, well, yeah, duh, mm-hmm. the WNBA is, like, good Legit. and play well. And, like, yes, this is a question, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So do you think anybody from U.S. goes to Russia to play basketball I don't the next know. few years? That's a really hard question to answer i think yes i think they have to you know this is their income this is their job they don't have a lot of other options so yeah i mean yeah i don't think they have a choice really yeah i i would not be surprised if fewer black players go or fewer gay Mm -hmm. players yeah fewer gay players i mean the our favorite the vanderquigs uh our favorite wnba lesbians they both play for Russia. I don't remember if it's a Katerinburg or not, but so I don't know. I'll be interested yeah. to see. Yeah. But I, it's a good question, Rachel. And I, I think Nancy's probably right that, you know, these, these women don't have another job, but they need another job in order to be able to support themselves and their yeah. families. And I mean, this is the you way know, to do there it. leagues in Europe? Too, there are, and many bit. of them will play for that too, but there's not yeah. enough of them to go around. Mm. You know? It's not like all the European leagues can just afford to absorb all of them because yeah. Russia has several teams and, and well-regarded teams. I mean, the team that the, the Ekaterinburg team, I think has won the Euro cup like multiple years running, you know? So it's, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that update and the story. Um, and we'll see if, you know, I'm sure Brittany Griner will eventually give an interview. No rush there. Yeah. Obviously. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Settle in. But, I, you know, it'd be very interesting to hear about it that experience. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we got a few minutes left. Uh, Nancy, how much can you tell us about the Warriors in <laughs> three minutes? 
Three minutes. Okay. Uh, go. <laughs> go. Uh, somebody look at Rebecca. Look up their current standings because I don't actually know what they are. You got it. I was watching at the beginning of this season. I kind of fell off for a little bit, and now I've been watching again. They uh, had a road trip where they sucked. I think they <laughs> I did won hear about that. <laughs> one game out of nine, maybe, and lost to a bunch of teams who they should not have lost to, including but, the Magic. Including Magic. Uh, including the Hornets, including the Pistons, including, yeah, your your roster list of bad teams. Um, they are now two games into an eight-game homestand, and they've won the both. Yay! So hopefully things are turning around. They played on Christmas Day against the Grizzlies, which was a great game. Uh, the Grizzlies are, are kind of their... Uh, one of their kind of rivalries, um, which was very nice because then it meant that they showed up and smacked them down. Um and they won the game they played last night against the Hornets. I think they're playing the Jazz tonight. Um, part of the problem is that they've got Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins both out on injury. Um, so they're, and those are two of their, you know, top four, top five players. So it's, it's fair that they've been a little bit on the struggle bus, but they've been struggling a little more than is perhaps warranted. Yeah. yeah so right um, now they're 10th in their conference, which means they are. Mm-hmm just in a wild card spot right yeah but i mean i think we're We're not concerned about that no it's too early yeah yeah but but it would be real good if they could just keep winning these homestand games the the lineup for the next few games is a lot of the teams that they lost to on the road and should have beaten so hence revenge games now is their chance to at home lay the smack down yeah like wait 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 (laughs) (laughs) this is how this is meant to go yeah so they are 14 and 2 at home and 3 and 16 on the road wow that's not great that's not it's not great and it's unusual for them because one of the things about the warriors is that they're typically a very good road team so it's really an interesting switch so who did you uh, say is injured Steph steph and andrew wiggins are they like grown-up leaders on the team do they keep people in track on on track when they're on the road yeah it's it's less it's less people getting off track and just that they suddenly are having to rely on a lot of especially young sort of inexperienced players so they've got this this youth core of people who you know it's not like they're going out and fucking up it's just that like they don't no, but they don't know how to handle themselves. But what right? I mean is, do these young players need a grown up on the road with them for the what for no, the times that they're not playing? <laughs> no, no, okay. it's not that. It's not that. Okay. It's just they, you know, they get out on the floor and they get, you know, and then some vet on the other team runs over them and they don't know how to regroup. But wouldn't that know? happen at home, not just on the road? No, because at home you've got more support. Like you're in, okay. your, you're in your familiar space. Like you, the fans are on your side. Like it's really, I think there's really an element, especially if you're, you know, when you when you're more experienced and you're on the road, you can sort of feed off that. Like the crowd hates you thing. You can be like, oh yeah, fuck you. I'm gonna, you know, dunk on your ass and you're gonna take it. You know, um, that's a turn of phrase. <laughs> Hashtag sports tweet. Uh, okay, well, I've given you three and a half minutes. Wrap this up. <laughs> Sorry, I asked questions and took up some of your time. When you're on the road and you're young and inexperienced, I think it's a little harder uh, just to sort of keep your head um, in the environment. 
And, and it's just, you know, the more games they get under the belt, the better they're going to be. So in some ways, it's been a mixed blessing, but I'm happy to see them winning again, and I hope they keep doing it. The Yay. Act. Thank you, Nancy. I have one, I have one hockey <laughs> sentence. Okay. Uh, I have one baseball sentence. Alex, so. <laughs> Alex Ovechkin has now um, beaten Gordie Howe in the race for who has the most goals in the NHL. So uh, Ovechkin is now chasing Wayne Gretzky, who has 894 Ooh. goals. He's not going to make it. Does he's not going to make it this OB season. Ovi has, a, I think, 803. Uh, oh, okay. So he's not going to make it this season. But uh-uh. he's almost definitely, like, really? unless unless he, knock on wood, suddenly, like, loses a leg, he's going to beat, he's gonna beat Gretzky. Well, that was one hell of a run-on sentence, yes. Rebecca, uh-huh. but I'm <laughs> but feeling generous. I'll allow it. <laughs> well, my baseball sentence is the A's had one standout player last season, Sean Murphy, the catcher, and they gave him the boot of course for basically did. nothing. Womp womp. Yeah. I'm so sorry. who's your new team, Rachel? <sighs> Mariners? I don't know. Now Sean and Murphy and um, Matt Olson are both in Atlanta, but I can't root no, for Atlanta. No, you cannot root for Atlanta. I'm sorry. I won't allow it. Yeah, I think the Mariners, if I can get their games. And oh. then the Giants had that whole thing with Carlos Cray. Well, you don't care about that. Um, they almost <laughs> got a good player, but I they didn't. About this. Mm. Yes. I don't even know what's going on with that. Anyway, uh, we could just you go could ahead pick and wrap up the, You could pick up the Blue Jays. Jess would be happy about that. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole matter of whether I can watch the games or not yeah, without no, having fair. to pay extra. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll, I'll think about it. Okay. I got some time to decide. You do. Yeah, it's true. All right, well, that's been our episode. Uh, Rebecca, can you tell the people where they can find yes, us? Yes, I'll do it very quickly. We're at Gmail at foulpuckpod at che- no, foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Instagram at foulpuckpodcast, Twitter at foulpuckpod, and foulpuckpodcast.net. Woohoo! And I would like to thank, uh, oh crap, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. And Joe, our editor. For doing our editing. Yay, Joe. Uh, And I would like to encourage everybody to like and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice, but especially on iTunes, and to tell your friends about how delightful we are now that we're back from our extended unplanned hiatus. We're still fun, though. Didn't you miss (laughs) us? It's true. We are a fucking delight. We are. (laughs) Yes. And with that, good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. Shh, I'm podcasting.